Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Our podcast series is called The Deep End, and in The Deep End we want to seek to take things deeper than you would normally get on the surface of the passage. This past Sunday we looked at Ephesians chapter 2 verses 11 to 22, and in this passage the Apostle Paul is doing his very best to show us how we Gentiles and Jews alike are one family in God based on what Christ has done for us. And that's important to know because we need to be unified in the Christian life. No matter what our background was, no matter if we were Jew or not growing up, if we had religion or didn't have religion growing up, if we're all in Christ, we need to be one family in Christ because that one family is strength when they unify together. And that's really what we want to seek to talk about today is how can we find that strength of unity. Here's the thing about unity before we even get into it is unity is hard. It's uphill. Unity takes work. No one ever falls into unity. Unity has to be striven for. But it's important. And we have to understand that unity and oneness in Christ is important. And here's the thing about unity. We're really good at dividing. We're not good at unifying. We are good at finding reasons to split from each other, to leave each other, to start our own church based on the failings that we see in the church we have right now. And and we're really good at dividing. But what we're not good at is unity. Because again, unity is hard. It takes work. But unity is so important. And anything that is important and beneficial for us is going to take work. Unity is that thing. Paul has made this clear that we are stronger when we're together, when we're fighting together, when we're living together, when we're helping each other. We are much stronger than we are apart. But we also need to be motivated towards unity because unity is hard. And anything that is hard needs motivation behind it. Think about it. I mean, anything you've sought that was hard, whether it be through going through school or a job that you have, maybe a relationship that you had to work at, things that are good and beneficial take work. They're hard. And unity is hard. It's it's one of the things I think the Christian church struggles more than anything because We have 41,000 denominations of Christianity, meaning 41,000 different ideas of how to do this thing. And so we're good at dividing. We're good at making new denominations and making new sects of Christianity and making new camps with new thoughts, with new perspectives. But again, what we're not good at is unity. But unity is that strength that we all need. I would say it this way, that if there's a weakness in us today or this week, most likely that weakness wouldn't be there if we were relying and unifying on the church. But unity, we have to be motivated. Like I said before, motivation has to be there. And there's two wonderful motivators in this passage that Paul brought out to say, here's the reason. Here is why you should unify. And number one is because Gentiles, specifically, you were adopted into the family of God. Now, Paul went through verses 1 to 10 of Ephesians chapter 2, showing us how that was not the way it was for a time. We were dead in our sins. We were following the devil. We were children of wrath. We were cut off from God. We were separated from Christ. We were not near him at all. And that was the reality for every single Gentile, non-Jew, is that we didn't know God for a time. God wasn't our God and our Father. He wasn't watching out for us. He wasn't giving us special love. And we weren't his people. But, thanks to Christ Jesus, and we will get to that, we are adopted into his family. That has to be a unique gift because we once were orphans, spiritually speaking. 
we were wandering. We were wandering aimlessly. We didn't have any goal. We didn't have any purpose in this life. We were headed straight to hell. And God, if he left us that way, that's where we would have ended. We were cast off. We were not his people. And we were headed to a hopeless eternity. But God did adopt us. He did adopt Gentiles. Now, as we mentioned before, there's a prerequisite to this adoption. Every single person who desires this adoption into God's family has to have faith in Christ. That is the cornerstone, as Paul calls it, to the Christian life, is we have to believe in Jesus. We have to follow Jesus. We have to have faith in him. And if we don't have faith in him, we're not a part of God's family. But if we do have faith in Jesus Christ, then we are a part of God's family forever. It's that simple. But it's also that profound. God now considers us his children. And unity has to be seen that way. It has to be seen as a special, unique gift that we can be in the family of God and we can walk and struggle and fight with our Christian brothers that once were not our brothers, once were not our sisters. And now they are. Now we are one family. And if the church was seen that way, we would delight to gather with the church. If we saw this as the most privileged place to be, that we were once not even a part of this, we didn't have any access to God, and now we are in God's family, because God didn't just not destroy us. I mean, that would have been mercy enough if God just said, this is what you deserve, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to destroy you. That's a level of love that is deep. That's a deep level of love, but there's even a level deeper than that, and it's adopting us into his family. When God said, not only do I not want you destroyed. I want you in my family. I want to give you my special fatherly love. I want to give you all my promises. I want to give you all my riches. I want to give you my inheritance, the inheritance that belongs to my son. I want you too to have that. Do you see that's another level of love? That's deep, deep love. And God wants us to have that. But once we have that, he wants us to do something called unify. He wants us to come together as one, whether we're Jew or Gentile, whether we grew up with a different denomination or not, wherever our local church body is, whatever are the people that we gather with, that is our body. That is our church. And yes, the church is bigger than that. The church is bigger than one local body, but we don't have the resources and the opportunity to gather with every single body. We will one day in heaven, and that will be glorious. But right now, he wants us to gather and unify with our one church body because it's important because we really can't accomplish what we need to accomplish which is god's will and god's glory without unity we can't but we have to see unity as a special privilege we have to see this adoption into the family of god as the biggest blessing we've ever received because we weren't supposed to be here we weren't here for a time and now we are and paul is going over that time and time again to say see see how important this is and unity is crucial to the Christian life. It is crucial to success. We can't defeat the devil without each other. We can't defeat sin and the flesh without each other. I can't accomplish the will of God and obey the commandments of Jesus without each other. I can't even carry on in my own weakness without one another. But with the church, I can. And the church is that one great, strong support group that God gave us to say, this right here is going to help you get where you need to get. And if you don't have this, you're really going to struggle. Because you are weak. You will be tempted. You do have a really strong enemy. And if you don't have each other, you're not going to succeed. But if you unify, if you see how important it is that you are the family of God and how important it is to come together 
for that one goal, to be like Jesus, to accomplish God's will and his glory, man, you'll be strong. You'll be strong and the devil will have a really hard time defeating you. But here's the thing about the church. <laughs> With the church, none of us get to pick our dream team of Christians, right? Wouldn't that be great? We pick our five favorite pastors that we listen to on YouTube. We pick our six favorite friends. We pick our family members and we make this dream team called the church. I've thought about that going, man, wouldn't it be great if I could get all my best friends in one place, you know, and all the people I respect in one place. And man, now we'd have a church. That's not how we get church. That's not the church, unfortunately. The church is whatever God gives us. And look at your church. Look around. They're probably not the people you would select. But they are the people that you need. They are. These are the people that God has selected for us. Which means these people have something to offer that you and I specifically are weak in. That's how God designed this thing. Because there's a head, there's a hand, there's a foot, there's a knee, there's an eye. And all of these body parts have to come together for the entire body to function. And so these people that we are gathering with, that we call our church, are really important for my success, for your success in the Christian life. That's how God designed it. And if I don't rely upon those people, then there's not a chance I'm going to be strong. Because I have a lot of weaknesses. Even as a pastor, I have a lot of weaknesses. I have a lot of pressure points that the devil can find and squeeze. And he does. And I'm seeing now clearly going through these passages that I need the church more than I've ever needed before. I need the people of God to come around me and to support me. And the, the problem is, is the devil sort of, when he gets us together, makes us judgmental, makes us cruel to one another. And he knows what he's doing. He's, by doing that, if we're judgmental and cruel, we won't want to be around each other. And if we're not around each other, we take away the stronghold God has given us to defeat the devil with. He knows what he's doing. It's, it's very intentional what the devil is doing. So when we come together, we have differences. We're looking down on each other. We're, we're looking at each other's lives going, how can he do this? How can he say this and be a Christian? And therefore, he's not a Christian and I don't want to be around him. Or look how he hurt me. Look how untrustworthy he is. And we're really good at dividing we're really good at dividing. We're really good at finding reasons to not be together. And that's why unity is so important. Because we have to see this as a special privilege and we have to see this as the stronghold God has given us. The second motivator we find in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22 is Jesus himself. Jesus is our motivator. The motivator to be unified in the church is our adoption into the family of God and Jesus. The fact of what Jesus has done for us. See, Jesus, we, we talk about it all the time and we almost become numb to it, but Jesus in heaven wasn't a man. Just like we weren't a part of the family of God for a time, Jesus wasn't a man. He didn't know what it was like to be man. But when Jesus came to earth, he became a man. He became a babe and had to be raised and nursed and grow up and learn and, and listen to his parents. And he had to learn about God and his will. And that's a wild thing to think that my Lord Jesus had to put everything that was to be the Son of God, he had to put it aside and he had to come as a man and learn like we did and grow like we did. And his, the culmination of being down here upon the earth was going to be dying on a cross. You could safely say Jesus did not have a fun life. Um, it says in scripture, he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Jesus' life was hard. It was painstaking. It was lonely. But Jesus, too, had 12 guys that helped him. He had more than that. He had 
several women and several others, others who were around his life, but he also had these core group of guys called the disciples. And these disciples were his stronghold, were his strength, were his family. And we know that one of them was a fraud. Judas was not a real brother. He was not a real disciple. He was working for the other team. But Paul, or excuse me, Jesus had this dozen guys who were there for him. Now, could have they been better at that? Yeah, they could have been a lot better. They often abandoned Jesus. They often denied Jesus. And they weren't there when Jesus needed him most. And sadly, that's just the reality. But Jesus did receive strength from these people at times. But we have something that even Jesus didn't have. We have the church. Because the church wasn't instituted until Jesus ascended back to heaven, which means Jesus did something that we don't have to do. We have to run the Christian life, Christian life just like Jesus, but we don't have to do it without the church. In fact, we don't have to struggle because we have the church. Most of our struggles come because we're not around each other. We're not asking for help. We're not relying upon people. We're not finding their strengths to make up for our weaknesses. And so we do two things. We either bottle up our weaknesses. We either bottle up what we're struggling with and try to handle it on our own, or we turn to the wrong kind of people, the world. And we try to ask them for help for things that the church can only provide. And Jesus gave us this gift called the church. And I love about my Lord Jesus is that he didn't just sit up there in heaven and say, here's God's will, get it done, good luck. No, he came down to earth and he walked the path before us. And that's a really important thing to know about our Jesus because he's our gift. The fact that he went before us means he knows what we struggle with. And the fact that he went before us proves that he knows the right way to go. He knows exactly the decisions to make. If we ask him, if we seek him, he will show us what we need to do and how we need to live. But the second greatest thing is what we talked about. He went to the cross and he purchased our salvation and our redemption with God. And that means that we, have, we are victors. We are riding as victors. We are fighting as victors. We are walking as victors. And that should give us confidence to know if we simply go the way of Jesus and we do what he taught us to do, we're going to win. In fact, you can say we've already won. But we have to unify. We have to unify with Christ's church. We have to see the motivators of being in the family of God, which once was not our reality. We didn't know anything about God. We weren't loved by him. We weren't receiving the hope of eternal life. For a time, that was our reality. And we should see the privilege of now being in the family of God. I mean, every orphan who knows what it's like to be without a family knows that feeling of having a family once you do. And what a privilege that is. And we should know that more than anyone. We should see what it was like without God and what it's like now that we have God and go, why would I ever fight this? Why would I ever fight being near the church? We need to see it as a privilege. This family of God is such a blessing, such a present from our Lord. But also, Jesus himself is the motivator. The fact that he went before us, the fact that he died for us, it proves that even if this isn't a blessing for our soul. And it is. If Jesus asks us to do it, and this is a gift to him, that should be enough. Jesus, I want to do this because of what you've done for me. That's enough. Because you ask it. Because you require it. Because it brings you joy to see your people unified, together, helping one another, picking one another up, being the strength for the other person 
that that person is weak in. That's what brings Jesus glory. So the motivators are simple. The privilege of being in God's family and Jesus himself. But embedded in there is another is another motivator. Unity is for us. It is a present to us. When I have the church, when I'm relying upon the church, when the church knows what I'm going through, they can build me up. They can strengthen me. They can come alongside of me. And yes, they're going to fail at this from time to time. They're not going to give you exactly what you always wish or want, but they will be there to strengthen you. And I know what that is like. When I gather with my church, Wyoming Valley Church, I leave strengthened. I leave encouraged. I leave built up. I come with certain weaknesses and I leave with those weaknesses strengthened. I know what that is like. And so I know I can prove this passage that unity is a gift for me. It's a gift for you. And we find a lot of reasons not to gather with the church, don't we? It's, uh, we got too many things going on or I'm tired or I'm sick or ah, the Sunday sermon wasn't as good as I had hoped. And these people aren't my best friends so I'm going to go make my own church experience. I got YouTube. I can listen to sermons, whatever I want. I got a Bible. Do I really need the church? Yes, yes, you need the church because none of that can offer what the church can offer. They offer strength. And that's something even Jesus himself didn't quite know. He didn't quite know the strength of the church, but he noticed that his people were going to need it. They were going to need one another. They were going to need to lift one another up, fight together, walk together, be unified. And the devil was going to have a hard, hard time breaking that up. So we got to see that this is crucial to our Christian life. It is so important and it's a blessing to unify. I want you to consider your church, the people in your church. I want you to consider their needs. I want you to consider your own needs. I want, to, I want you to consider the uphill battle that we have to accomplish the will and the glory of God. I want you to consider the adoption we've received in Christ Jesus to be in God's family for all eternity. What a blessing. And I want you to see the motivator of Jesus himself going before us saying, listen, here's the path. Walk the way I walk. Do what I do. Listen to what I say. But I'm going to go before you so that you find comfort in that. I'm going to, I'm going to go before you so that I can say to you, I know what it's like and I know how to help you. And you're going to reach the other side if you unify. And if you don't unify, it's going to sh- you're going to struggle greatly. And you might not make it. That's how crucial this church was. God doesn't do anything as luxuries. Okay? On the earth, he gives us what we need. The church is something we need. And unless we see that, we will never function the way we were intended. We will always be weak. We will always be easy pickings for the devil. We will always struggle and have in- insecurities and doubt and worry and be anxious. Do we want to live that way? No, we don't. We want to be strong. And we got to see how important it is to come together and say, okay, all right, this isn't my dream team, but this is my church. They love God and they love me and I love them. And I want to help them and they want to help me. So let's come together. Let's put our differences aside. And let's say for the sake of our God, for the sake of our Lord, for the sake of our own soul, let's help one another. Let's gather together as much as we can because when we do, we are strong and when we don't, we are weak. It is that simple. I hope you would listen to that today. I would hope you'd see the gatherings of your church as crucial to your soul. Go and invest. 
bring everything that you can to that meeting, to that gathering, and say, here are my strengths and here are my weaknesses. My strengths are there to help you and my weaknesses are there for you to help me so we can all be strong, so we can be one body that loves our Lord, that serves our Lord, and that the devil has a really hard time battling against. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.